Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is March the 26th, 2021. Strong hand, long term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Golden age of the 2020s. Have a backbone, dudes. Buying over crying. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. I am offended by sound. Compete, don't complain. Hello, my elite friends. Oh, I'm back in Baltimore. Oh, yes. And I'm bringing you a, quite a crew from around the uh, United States of America today. Yeah, they're, they're all Americans. Ken Bozak is in the house. He's in New Jersey or Philadelphia or somewhere. Like he's just up 95. I got to go up 95 and go visit him. Uh, we got Phil Geiger is in Austin. And uh, Joe, welcome to Joe Rogers. Yeah. I, 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 wherever you are, you're somewhere. I don't know if you want to say where you are. I don't care. Uh, but Joe I'm Rogers. In Arkansas, man. You're in Arkansas with Bill Clinton, baby. All right. Clinton <laughs> um, body count. Yeah. <laughs> so so welcome to the show, Joe Rogers, making your debut. I bring you the freaking best guest in the space here every Friday, and I am so pumped. Now, some of you guys out there, and you guys can ask questions. You can do a super chat. Uh, I'm $17 away from a, a really round number in, in the super chat. So if someone wants to give us $17, that's good. But anyway, support the show in any way you like. But speaking about the best guest in the space, in the space, and people who have been on the show before, and people like to ask me about people, you know, where they are, and people like to pedestal people. They like to pedestal Kevin O'Leary. They like to pedestal Elon Musk. But they also like to pedestal Trace Mayer. Oh, now a lot of people don't have reading comprehension. A lot of people missed a story that, that came out today. They just read the freaking headlines. And I, I'm just bringing this up because I was right about something. Um, this is from Cointelegraph. Avanti Financial raises $37 million to launch instant, an institutional crypto bank, okay? Now, that is Caitlin Long, who is great in Wyoming. She is we, – we've known for a while she's uh, starting a crypto bank. Remember, people, not a Bitcoin bank. She's made it very clear that at this bank, uh, you're, you're gonna, the institutions will be able to store uh, their Litecoin, their whatever over there too, okay? so But she is competing. She's not complaining. And I knew that Trace Mayer had helped her with this before. But as everyone knows, about a year ago, Trace Mayer disappeared. But everybody misses him, and they cry for him, and they need him, and they, oh, they're begging me where he is. He is he. And I theorized. I'm like, he's probably helping Caitlin Long behind the scenes. He's a freaking billionaire. Why does, why does he need to show his face again? Well, he did. If you read the Coin Cointelegraph article to the end, and I'm just bringing this up because these are what you, this is what you learn from Adam Meister. I tell people to read articles to the end, not just the headline. If you read the Cointelegraph article to the end, early Bitcoin adopter and entrepreneur Trace Mayer, who formed the consortium that led Avanti Series A, stated that Avanti is extremely well positioned to address the need for legally compliant operations in the digital asset area as markets mature. So there we go. He's back. That's it. He said something. Oh, 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 wow. So I just wanted to get that out there. I don't know if the, if the panel has any comments on that, any comments on Caitlin Long doing this bet, doing this, this bank, which we've known about for a while. And congrats. I'm glad she got money for it. Um, we're going to talk about third-party storage and all that a lot today when we talk about BlockFi. But I, I'll just go. Uh, 
Joe, we'll start with you. Do you have anything to say about that? But I just uh, well, I tell you what, uh, Trace went uh, off the radar a while back thanks to uh, what was the conference that you guys were at where he kind of came Vegas, out of the closet. It, it was at uh, Unconfiscatable, uh, Unconfiscatable in, in Las Vegas. It was a great time. Um, and I, I can't wait to see everybody in Miami and when we all hug each other in person like we did there. But continue, Joe. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for maybe for some of the viewers who don't know the backstory, maybe it might help Adam. I, 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 I don't even want to get into the Yenta gossip of the whole thing. I just, Fine. I, okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. He disappeared. He has not shown his face, tail between his legs for almost, you know, over a year. And, um, you know, he was our hero. And it's like Twitter slayed him. And, uh, I mean, the guy. It looks like he knows how to make money. He moved early. I think that this is inevitable. I think Caitlin, you, I agree with you, Adam. She's moving the ball. She's putting legislation and framework and regulation in place in Wyoming. You see Texas is moving in that direction. She had some excellent commentary on uh, around UCC regulation that Texas is kind of missing in their framework. That being said, back to Trace. I don't know what to say. He's moving in the background. He's still visible, but where, where the hell is he? I don't know. I, I feel well, like he, um, he hurt my soul, but that's okay. You know, we'll move on. You get hardened. And, um, you know, I think that Trace Mayer is still taking care of Trace Mayer. That's what I gather from this. Yeah, there, there, there you go. Pound that like button. And, again, people who watch the show regularly, when people would ask me these questions, where is Trace? Where is Trace? I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just doing stuff in the background at, at Avanti. And, hey, hey that looks like, looks like that's what he was doing. And it's not – I mean, he wasn't in some magical paradise somewhere hiding on some island or he's, he's doing what he was doing beforehand. He just wasn't on Twitter anymore. Uh, okay. So, uh, but, but again, be careful when you put people on pedestals because, and, and then when you find out where they are, it's, it's not too exciting. It's not too exotic or not too exciting. Just, just doing what he was doing. Uh, Phil, any thoughts on uh, Caitlin Long, Trace Mayer, Avanti, people making appearances, putting people on pedestals. <laughs> Well, I love what they're doing in Wyoming uh, with all the regulations and, and kind of the blockchain task force. So our, our CPO, Will Cole, uh, he's based in Wyoming as well and has worked with Caitlin and kind of the rest of the Wyoming legislature to get the uh, blockchain task force and all those uh, clear regulation and guidelines through. So really love that uh, they're kind of setting the standard for the rest of the country. And I think Texas is learning a lot from what Wyoming government went through. Um, super happy that Avanti was able to raise such a, a significant amount of money to build, you know, the first kind of, uh, I guess, I guess they're, they're sort of a cryptocurrency bank. Um, it doesn't surprise me all that much that Trace Mayer is in the background, uh, you know, helping them out. Um, I've heard that Avanti is a hundred X in Bitcoin, good bank. Um, that's a, a joke about the slips of paper that Trace was handing out at the conference. <laughs> But <laughs> no, I'm I'm just happy to see that uh, that they're raising money and and you know setting those those great guidelines for the rest of the country. I think when we hear the fud about Bitcoin, you know, it's going to be banned by governments and uh, they're going to close down all the crypto and Bitcoin companies. Uh, this this makes it you know I, I think this sets a a good precedent and makes the case for the fact that realistically, I think the ship has sailed sailed on. Uh, the U.S. government trying to shut everything down. Um, yeah, we have senators, we have Congress people, we have an entire state <laughs> setting up regulations. We have Fidelity applying for a Bitcoin ETF. Um, it seems extremely unlikely to me personally at this point that the government's just going to be like, "Nope, shut it down." But uh, yeah, 
that's, that's okay. kind of where I'm at with that. Now, now remember, people, you you won't be able to store your Bitcoin or your Litecoin or your whatever at this bank. It's for the institutions that will be uh, yeah, the, the, do, doing it over there. All right, so good good for them. Uh, Ken, do you have anything to, to say about this at all? Uh, yeah, I, I disagree with uh, Phil. Uh, I, I, I don't think this is going to stop the government from banning Bitcoin at all. They're just going to have government approved Bitcoin and not government approved Bitcoin. That's all. They're still going to ban Bitcoin. They're just going to whitelist their addresses and, and whitelist their Bitcoin. And to me, it's actually making it worse uh, i think it's going to be a lot harder for the average person to use crypto that can't you know get kyc to get a wells fargo bank account to get a visa mastercard debit card all this is literally not good it looks good great but it's not uh, they're just they're just uh, they're they're not adopting bitcoin they're assimilating bitcoin there's a huge difference it looks great from the outside but on the inside it's a cancer and, and it's going to kill us uh, what would and, adoption look like instead of assimilation yeah, Ken, I, I totally disagree with you, of course. The but, laws don't uh, matter, though. though. They're not even enforceable. It doesn't matter if you regulate crypto or make regulations or legislations around it. You can't, the ability to enforce it is, it's null. The reason piracy isn't enforced when I downloaded The Mandalorian from Disney and uh, the FBI didn't kick in my door is it's unenforceable. Uh, the fact that you're even wasting money writing regulations is a joke. It's literally a joke. It's it's whole monitor bullshit at government level because of the ability to enforce it is null. Um, and and again, then they're just going to whitelist addresses. You're going to have to KYC. And if, you know, if you want to send Bitcoin from your hardware wallet to another hardware wallet, well, those hardware wallets have to abide by regulations. So their API, they're, they're going to have the tech written into it that, oh, you can't send to that address because that address isn't whitelisted. So, Wait, like, Ken, are you talking about how you're going to use Bitcoin or are you talking about just some nebulous person? Like, are you going to move your Bitcoin that you have in self-custody into this sort of structure? Or are you just saying, in general, this is in bad general. because in but like, it's, it's all inevitable, right? Bitcoin's disruption is that it is now the global reserve currency. Yeah, but the thing so this all, is a good thing isn't All good. governments like, are going to write, write but legislation the thing, about it. But the thing, yeah, but to think that's a good thing isn't good. You know, it's kind of like they should ignore it, leave it alone. They don't need the right rules about it. They don't need to be the whole monitor of crypto. We don't need them. We self-regulate. We self-govern. If I find out that Bitcoin's coming from, you know, a, a pedophile that's accepting crypto, I'm, then yeah, I'll not accept that anymore. Like we can check the blockchain. We don't need them to tell us like, yo, you accepted Bitcoin from somebody for a piece of art that you were selling. Well, that dude was a terrorist. So now you can't spend that Bitcoin anywhere. It's blacklisted. It's well, Ken, I think, I think you don't need that, that product and that's great, right? Bitcoin allows you to use Bitcoin however you would like and you can accept bitcoin and hold your own keys and send it to whoever you want but there are sovereign wealth funds that do need exposure to bitcoin in order to stay uh you know like pension funds sovereign wealth funds all of these folks but need that's bitcoin only because they acknowledge and the only way that they can the only way that they can use it is through these legal structures right you're right the only way they can use it through legal structures as a business but the people who work at them don't need to follow the same rules as the institution that they of work not. for right well, of course not you so know you're saying it's bad. We don't need them. That's what I'm saying. Be your own bank. That's all. We don't need regulations. It's a waste of time. I, I, and and by the way, Trace Mayer doesn't owe any of you anything. Trace Mayer isn't an influencer. He doesn't owe you a fucking YouTube video a week. He's Trace fucking Mayer. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what, Ken? What you were just saying 
it's weird. Ray Dalio is saying what you're Ray Dalio this week said that the United States will probably ban Bitcoin one day. So that's why I have to, I mean, agree to disagree, I guess, but I'm more of a, uh, Bitcoin was supposed to be permissionless and to write a permission slip for something that's permissionless is nonsense. Okay. Absolute it's still, nonsense. It's still permissionless for you. You can still continue to use it however you would like. For now, now, other, now for other people now, can use it. So Ken, you're now. going to send your Bitcoin to this regulated exchange? Why? No, Why but, if, but if I wanted to go to a pizza store that accepts Bitcoin, if they have to follow the same rules as Visa and all these other things, like now I can't just use Bitcoin the way it's, I'm being, I personally am so unbanked since 2015. I am all in. I do not have a bank account. I cannot prove where I live. It, that is, I don't have that information. Now, as I see Bitcoin going mainstream, I am being outed. I can't use Bitcoin as Bitcoin anymore because I can't get into these. I can't use Bitcoin the way, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's just becoming Visa 2.0. It's not, they're assimilating this shit, man. It sucks. And by the way, I want to thank Ken Bozak for the $17 he sent the super chat. Oh yeah, really, that was funny. That was really, that was really very kind of you to do. I mean, you're, you're the guest on the show and you're sending me money here. Sending a good example. Thank you. Thank you, Ken Bozak in the chat. You can do stuff like this when you take profits. Uh, oh man, I'm offended by selling. Pound that like, <laughs> I'm offended by selling. We're, we're going to get, but all right now. Okay. So we can agree to disagree on that. Ken, you're very worried about, I'm not worried. I let let the corporate people have their corporate Bitcoin. We're always going to be able to figure out ways to keep it real, to keep it the, the way it is. So I, I, I sold all my Bitcoin. I'm done. Oh, I'm okay. done. Governments, I'm and, yeah, gover governments done. and corporations need Bitcoin too, just like the rest of us. I get it. No, they don't, but I'm done. I don't have any more Bitcoin. I'm not using Bitcoin anymore. I want to short Bitcoin to make Elon Musk the poorest person in the world now. Oh, wow. We're, we're going to have a wild show today, baby. We're talking. We're going to talk about Elon Musk. We're going to talk about NFTs. It's going to get crazy. I want to rug pull the mainstream. Let's rug pull the institutions. Sell all your Bitcoin because they whoa, got in now. Whoa, 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 whoa. And they're whoa. stuck holding it for 10. They can't sell. Ken, Ken can you share with the audience what we should sell our Bitcoin for? Your own coin. Make your own coin, bro. Be your own Satoshi. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you, bro? Be your own Satoshi. Make your own money. Accept your money for your goods and services. We're going to get to the NFT thing in a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to go. Okay, so we we're, while we're, we're talking about putting people on pedestals and, and, and FUD and such, I want to I, I want to cover another story that didn't get that much coverage, and we'll since Ken is on a rant here, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll keep it with him. Well, I, actually, let's go to Joe because you were silent. You, you were a little you were a little quiet there when they were going back and forth. Well, I got one more thing to say, Adam. Yeah, please. please. Okay, you clo close it out, and then we'll talk about Kevin O'Leary. Yes, I, I sympathize with both you guys and uh, Ken. Your opinion on the state, you know, screw the state. Okay, screw central bankers, and if your thesis on uh, Bitcoin, you know, being uncensorable, unconfiscatable, we're going to still be able to use it and we'll find a way to use it. And the big companies and businesses that need that exposure and Bitcoin in their portfolios, they're going to be able to use it too. And they're going to go the legal framework route. Uh, so I, I have full faith in Bitcoiners. I think that we will find a way. Screw central bankers. It's inevitable. It's either Bitcoin or communism. And uh, my bet's on Bitcoin. Oh, found that like Amen. that. Uh, all right, so let's let's keep it here with you, Joe. The the Kevin O'Leary, who a lot of people worship, and who seems to change his mind about Bitcoin. He, he he's strategic. I think he's 
he's acquiring, but sometimes he says bad things to lower the price. And here's some a, a new type of China FUD or, or like a, a recycled semi-new. It's it's a hybrid of new and old here. Institutions do not want to own China coin, Bitcoin, uh, uh, China coin, which is Bitcoin, Kevin O'Leary says. The Shark Tank host said that big corporations do not want to own crypto mined in China, also known as blood coin. Oh, my Lord. Uh, now, it's funny because we're just talking about a bank that's for institutions, which will be holding Bitcoin. So they, they don't seem to care. But uh, he, he's kind of conflating some things here. Wait, why is it China coin? You know, the miners are in China. There's some miners that are in China. OK, they, they aren't the Chinese government. They're not the ones doing the things to the Uyghurs. OK, they're, 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 there's all sorts of entrepreneurs in, in China that are involved with mining. So who I mean? The, you don't want to deal you, – corporations don't want to deal with entrepreneurs in China is what you're saying because they're not dealing with the government of China when you're, when you're dealing with Bitcoin. The government of China isn't doing the mining and building the, the mining machines and everything like that. It's, it's Chinese entrepreneurs. I mean it's just like saying you don't want to do business with a, a Canadian company because you don't like Justin Trudeau. No, no, no one says that. So, uh, Joe, what's your take on, on Kevin O'Leary saying this, China, calling it China coin and blood coin? And uh, He's trying to find a premium for something that he's involved in. If you read the article, he's trying to get a royalty and squeeze and get some more money and that's for himself. Um, I think that there is an army of plebs out there that will stack a discounted China blood coin all day long. There's mixing <laughs> techniques in place to eliminate that trail, and uh, I'm for cheaper sets. So, Kevin – do your thing. Um, have fun staying poor. You know, like this is bull. Um, I just, I think it's FUD. And I think that we've kind of addressed this in the past. He, It's like he's stirring up a shit storm, excuse me here, but about fungibility. And I think that there's just an army of Bitcoiners who could care less and want Bitcoin no matter what. Bitcoin is just a protocol. It's just a coin. It does not give a, you know what, um, about you or where it was created. And the hodlers want the coin. Okay. And I should have brought that up from the, he mentions virgin coins. You know, he wants, he says yeah. these corporations are only going to want them directly from miners that aren't in China, that, 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 that's, that's what they want. Now, I, I again, so you, you talked about, it's fungibility, but you that was a good way of breaking it down there. Uh, uh, Phil, your, your take. Well, I agree, you know, with, with points that Kevin makes and that we shouldn't, uh, be supporting the the Chinese the CCP as much as we can, and so I think a one way that we can do that is not buying a TV to watch Shark Tank on uh, from China, and instead stacking Sats, right? Because if we can convert the world to a Bitcoin standard, then the Chinese Communist Party is not going to be able to uh, you know exert their influence in the same way that they're doing today. Uh, that was really good. <laughs> All right, uh, Ken, your your take. We were talking about this before the show. Dude, I, honestly, I don't know. I kind of agree with Kevin in a sense. Uh, he may have a miscon uh, misconception of what he may be awoken to. But, uh, I mean, Bitcoin is not fungible. It can be fungible, but it's not fungible. If like I mentioned earlier, with blacklisted Bitcoin, whitelisted Bitcoin, virgin coin, and non-forked coin. Phil's shaking his head. But if I had a Bitcoin that I had from 2015 that was unforked, would you, you agree that that's worth more than one Bitcoin that you got from Coinbase today? 
Uh, yes, it is. And it, it's worth more. It has well, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Private, Bitcoin Diamond, Bitcoin Gold, all these shit coins inside of it, right? It's not, and, and it can be fungible, like a, a blacklisted Bitcoin and a whitelisted Bitcoin, right? These clean coins, yeah, you can tumble them and mix them, but they're not inherently fungible to the sense that, you know, uh, you have this virgin Bitcoin, right? You, that is worth more. And it's only worth more because there are collectors. Like Kevin sees that. As well, actually, it's it's worth less because you can spend a less amount on electricity to earn uh, virgin Bitcoin, right? If you're mining you're talking Bitcoin, as an investor, I'm talking as a collector, less. collector, collecting. There's a difference. I want a virgin coin. I want an unforked coin. I want this coin. There's going to be people collecting these. Uh, and I think that he's on to the fact that one Bitcoin doesn't always necessarily equal one Bitcoin. Because that one Bitcoin may be a virgin coin. And just because yet yeah, you have that financial opinion, but as a collector standpoint, that speculative uh, uh, value that I'm giving it is, oh, it's a virgin coin. Nobody's touched it. I know where it came. That adds value to it that a coin from Coinbase doesn't have. And if you get a coin from Silk Road, that's worth less than one coin from Coinbase because of where it came from. Uh, and that's because of its non-fungibility. Yes, you can tumble it, but that's like robbing a bank, getting a bag full of money and the ink blotter goes off and you have a bag full of $100 bills with stains on them because they're dirty Bitcoin. You can tumble them. You can throw them in a washing machine and scrub the ink off from the bank robbery. And now you have a clean $100 bill. But that didn't mean it was fungible from inception. It had to go through a process to become fungible. So Bitcoin is fungible ability, has fungibility, uh, and I think Kevin's just onto it in a different way as a collector. He's going to see people that are going to want virgin coins. They're going the to article's want about investors, though, Ken. It's not about collectors. No, I know, but that's why I said he has institutions. a conception of it. He, he, he's onto something and then he's seeing it in a different way from as an investor. But I personally would pay more for a virgin coin than I would for, for a Bitcoin from Coinbase. You can pay less by mining it. You can, but you have to buy the fucking miners. You have to pay for the infrastructure. And then you have to win the lottery. That's not cheaper, bro. I get it. it is but cheaper. You, if you if you have extremely cheap electricity right now. Are you, are, are you right buying now, Bitcoin or are you buying, buying Bitcoin? What I'm telling you is if you have I'm asking you what you're doing. Are you doing what you just said? Are you mining it because it's cheaper or are you buying it because it's easier? I don't value virgin coins the same way that you value virgin coins, Ken. You're welcome to go and buy virgin coins or mine. Well, what about fourth coins, though? There's different Bitcoin. That's the thing. There's not just one. No, 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 no. There is one Bitcoin no, and then there are shit coins. There's Bitcoin, Ken, and then there's shit coins. And whenever you are given a copy of Bitcoin, the only logical thing to do with that copy is to, if it holds any value, convert it immediately to more Bitcoin. Uh, so in 2017, 2018, when all those forks were coming out, the economic decision was to scrape all of them for more Bitcoin. Now, the people who've done that, myself included, increase their Bitcoin stash by 10, 20%. If you had held on to it, it would be worth right. almost nothing now. I have a Cassatius coin. I have one Bitcoin right here from 2015. It is not forked. This one Bitcoin that has not, this is mined right to the coin. This has Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. And I can hand it to you, do an offline transaction. This is worth more than one Bitcoin on Coinbase, fundamentally philosophically, ideologically, blah, 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 blah. 
it's worth value more. Of su- is subjective, Ken. Like it's worth that's more. That's the to point, you. though. You exactly. have to find a buyer, dude. That's the point to well, this. Okay. Is it is subjective. So one Bitcoin can't equal one Bitcoin when subjectivity is going into it in that sense. Can, dude, you're can, very confused about all. People this. will value a, a virgin Bitcoin more than they will value right. an ancient Bitcoin. Ken, it seems like you're you're trying to segue into an NFT discussion too when you're talking about Bitcoins are what are NFTs. What Bitcoins are dude. NFTs though. All right, we're going to get to that. What coin are you trying to sell Adam's audience here? All right. Well, your we're... own. I will buy all of your coins. If you all make your own shit coin today, I will buy it. Go make an NFT. I'll buy your NFT oh, all day, every day. We are getting close. I, I'm, I'm holding off on the NFT discussion until we, we get through a couple more things. But you can tell, guys, it's all it's all leading to this. And Ken is into this. Now, I, I want to stick with Phil here with, a, with another story. Uh, because Phil, you know about third parties holding Bitcoin and 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 companies that are, are help people store Bitcoin and whatnot. And BlockFi has made a lot of news lately. Um, there's been rumors about BlockFi. I am a guy that is just straight up control your own private key. Why do people want to get interest on their Bitcoin when they can get interest on their Bitcoin by getting these forks and uh, and forks and airdrops, which I call crypto dividends, or we all call crypto dividends, that we've gotten throughout the years and didn't wait around to, to cash them out. Um, but BlockFi offers people interest, and supposedly they loan out Bitcoin. And we've learned that there's not that big of a demand to, to actually get uh, get 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 Bitcoin from. from uh, there's a lot of a demand for people to get interest on their Bitcoin, but people don't want to pay interest to to borrow Bitcoin. Not not. But anyway, so it, it came out this week. Uh, first of all, BlockFi has has raised millions and millions of dollars. Good for them. But that what did come out this week is that if you've given uh, BlockFi between one and twenty Bitcoin, that now you're only going to make two percent interest instead of three percent interest. Okay. So I mean. Uh, that's actually good because I, I just was wondering how sustainable is this, uh, you know, giving out this in interest. So what, what do you think about the situation at BlackFi, uh, Phil? Well, I think the situation right now is that uh, they have a significant amount of client deposits uh, and they don't have people right now that are interested in borrowing client deposits. So the way that uh, that company, as well as really every crypto financial company right now, is able to pay interest is by taking client deposits, commingling it, so you don't have you know specific address for your Bitcoin. They commingle all the client deposits and then they lend it out to somebody. Um, I actually view this as extremely bullish news for Bitcoin in general uh, because it means that people are less interested in borrowing Bitcoin. And why would you want to borrow Bitcoin? Well, a lot of times you borrow Bitcoin to short sell it. <laughs> so uh, there's 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 not as much demand for borrowed Bitcoin, which is going to cause the interest rates to drop. Um, and they're not going to be able to pay their clients as much deposit, as much interest back. You've, you've, un, you've explained perfectly the logic behind all of this, but I, I want to take it to another level. Uh, what is the future of companies like BlockFi? And what, what do you think about people who, who just can't – they can't just sit on their Bitcoin. They need to – these dude, people are – get because it's not FDIC insured. In theory, you could give them three Bitcoin, and they could go out of business, and you were in – big trouble at, at, at that point. So what do you think about this overall mentality of people that are willing to g- give up the control of their private keys? 
Yeah, well, the I think the fiat financial system has us um, really addicted to yield. So everyone's out there trying to find yield. <laughs> it's like baked into the money itself, right? Fiat Are you down with the APY? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so when we're moving now to uh, the Bitcoin economy, which is it, it can be decentralized as long as you take control of private keys, like people get into it, they make the decision to get some Bitcoin, but then they immediately are trying to figure out how can I make yield of my Bitcoin? Um, what they should be thinking about in my view is how do I secure my Bitcoin for decades? How do I secure it for generations? And the way to do that is holding your own private keys. And I think multi-signature addresses are the best way to secure your Bitcoin for decades. So these crypto financial services companies, you know, they're not, they're, they're essentially, in a lot of ways, taking the legacy system and just trying to apply it directly to Bitcoin. I don't think that we need to have companies that exist in the same way in the Bitcoin native economy, because you can use multi-signature addresses where keys are distributed among multiple entities to be able to achieve the same sort of financial goals. Now, maybe the yield you're paying is going or earning is going to be significantly less than the old rehypothecation model, but I do think we can do it in a much more secure way so that folks aren't going to lose their coins or have their coins be at risk uh, of, of like a, com a single company. All right, Joe, your take on BlockFi and people lending out their uh, Bitcoin to get 2% returns. I, I'm, I'm not a customer for that. I want to hold my Bitcoin. I don't see 2% um, being enough to risk like the most precious asset mankind's ever known. Like it's just not worth it. Uh, but I do know that, you know, people on Twitter are, people are looking for ways to make more Bitcoin. People are trying to put their Bitcoin to work. And I think it's inevitable. It's not for me. Um, I'm more fascinated by, I don't know if you guys have been following what's happening on Lightning Network uh, with Lightning Pool, being able to like um, uh, essentially lease uh, channels on the Lightning Network and earning an APY yield on that. I see that as being more uh, productive use of my Bitcoin. I feel like I have more control of it uh, since it would be like within my own Lightning node. So I'm more interested in that, but I, this it's going to happen. I, and I just hope people don't get wrecked. I hope people really weigh, um, you know, the risk that's out there. And I really like, you know, Phil's position on multi-signature, um, you know, taking care of your Bitcoin for long term. And it's something I'm actively uh, pursuing right now. All right. Now, remember, yeah, I, I read earlier this week about the Lightning Network and someone was saying you get a better return doing this with the Lightning Network than you would for BlockFi. Well, well let's yep. see how that let, let's see how that develops. Yeah. I, again, with, with BlockFi, you're going to give them 20 Bitcoin, which is like a million dollars for a 2% return. My Lord, risk a risk a million dollars. for a Sorry, someone's about to say something. I didn't see. Was that you, Phil, that was about to say something? OK, uh, maybe not then. I, I thought I heard something. All right. Uh, uh, Ken, your, your take on. Uh, on BlockFi, what what do you think about that company? Are are they legit? Yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, you know both of these guys here, man. They hit them both on the head. Except you know, I think people are aren't prepared for that whole. Like, you touched on it too, man. The, the banks get bailed out. <laughs> these guys aren't going to get bailed out. There is no there is no BlockFi bailout. That ain't happening. And even if it does ever, it would be in dollar value, and by then. It'll be a Mount Gox, you know, level event, man, uh, and, and that's inevitable. That there's no, yes. that's not a if, that's uh, a when situation. Uh, and yeah, definitely, I've been saying the same thing about Lightning. You know, if you want to put your Bitcoin to work, 
just open a channel or join one or whatever. And like, you know, if people want to move a hundred thousand Bitcoin through lightning, they got to find a channel that has a hundred and one thousand, you know, Bitcoin there to facilitate the, the, the move. You, you can earn from that. It's the same, but better, more. And it's your Bitcoin. Uh, so Bitcoin doesn't need things like BlockFi because Bitcoin has BlockFi built in. But, um, you know, like, uh, you know, just like uh, uh, Joe said, you know, everyone's trying to find out how to get more Bitcoin. Well, this, this is BlockFi's way of how to get more Bitcoin, right? They're not buying it. They're tricking you into giving it to them. <laughs> so much easier that way, isn't it? The, the, uh, I, I will. You said something about the inevitability. I, and I want to point out for me, it is inevitable. It might not be. I, I'm not saying it's BlockFi, but there's there are other companies that try to do exactly what BlockFi. There are plenty of them that would there of course there one of them's going to have a mount and it'll be bigger than mount gox it'll be a bit because it's more people are involved in bitcoin now now god forbid if it was BlockFi that went down oh my that would be very bad that would be very bad it would be a bad day for bitcoin it would recover obviously but you know pomp is involved with this all these big names would be called out on the rug and be like oh you were telling us this was cool and now this thing is you know all the a lot of these people adam are the same people who were talking to us four years ago about unbanking and all this and now basically they're just banking bitcoin <laughs> there's yeah there there's some there's some overlap there so yeah. i don't want to i'm not spreading fud about block by by the way i'm not spreading fud. i am just sticking with what i've always said control your own private key okay so there's no why risk a million dollars for a two percent return it's it's just, just think of it that way dudes uh and i i hope block figures out a way to make this sustainable i don't i think uh the, the recent influx of money Obviously, it doesn't matter if if, if, if what they were doing was unsustainable beforehand because they, they got bailed out by their investors, whatever way you want to interpret it. But I, I mean, I don't know what their magic sauce is that allows them to keep doing this. Maybe they, they'll expand into other businesses that'll make them profitable so they'll be able to keep on paying people 2%. I don't know. Um, but uh, so it, it's just people are so used to the old financial model from a bank. And I think people got people have to get out of that. Like, stop, you know, wanting this type of return from a third party and figure out how to do it your darn self by getting the the crypto dividends, the forks, whatever. All right, so let's let's move on to Tesla. That was big. Everyone's already forgotten this news that the weeks. This was the beginning of the. I don't. What, what did they announce? this, Tuesday or Wednesday? Like, every day is a week in Bitcoin. Tesla <laughs> is, is accepting uh, Bitcoin. We, we kind of already knew that they were going to do that. Uh, you could pay them in Bitcoin. But the big thing is with, with Tesla is that they're not going to turn it into fiat. They're, I mean, who knows? What, maybe they're, they're going to pay their their employees with it. Who knows what they're going to do in it? But they're not turning it into fiat, which is very good. And so I, I want to get everyone's take on that. Who was just clapping there? Who was me. Just I just love that. He's okay, so, so what, yeah, yeah. What do you think about it, Ken? What do you think about it? I think it's motivating. It's it, people uh, look up to Elon, you know, um, they're going to hopefully maybe follow suit along that same line of going, wait, you know, didn't we accept Bitcoin through like BitPay or Coinbase Merchant or whatever? And wait, we were selling it for fiat immediately. What the heck were we doing? You know, this may get those mom and pop shops that were using those point of sale systems that were just a convenient way to accept crypto, converting it to fiat, sending it to their banks bank accounts. They may, you know, have better hindsight now moving forward where they may think of a business as saying, well, how many people actually spend Bitcoin here? What's that? 200 bucks a year or something, right? On average, we, we could risk that as the business. We don't need to sell the Bitcoin right away for every slice. So maybe even small businesses will look at this as an opportunity and say, you know, if Tesla can take that risk, you know, it can't be too bad of an idea to diversify and accept Bitcoin 
as and, and keep it as Bitcoin for the businesses that already accept it today. You know, there's plenty of them that accept Bitcoin at the register with these, you know, uh, what is it? Go chain with uh, Brock in them, um, BitPay, Coinbase. There's like tons, but they're all immediately converting it to fiat. And as they look back at what it would have been worth if they would have held on to it, like um, inventory goods that, that just sit on the back shelf, you know, probably would have been a better bet. So to me, this is inspiring the small guys. And that's that's what I think is the best silver lining out of this. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. Tesla is uh, leading by example there. So, Joe, what's what's your take on it? Yeah, I agree with Ken. Um, this is really exciting. I think this is positive. And uh, you know what's interesting? You know, Tesla, they're going to be accepting Bitcoin for Teslas. So they're going to be using that, um, I guess, as income. I think if MicroStrategy, if Sailor could get his customers to start paying their bills for his services that he offers in Bitcoin, they'd be stacking the same way. Um, so Tesla's just in a kind of the neat position to where their customer base might be willing to actually pay them in Bitcoin. Um, so I, maybe this makes a lot of sense for other B2C type businesses. Um, but I think it'll be uh, interesting to see um, when MicroStrategy, you know, when other companies are willing to pay MicroStrategy, maybe for a discounted rate to pay for their products and services, that, that's kind of interesting. But uh, for me, I take this as this is good for Bitcoin. I'm going to keep stacking. I'm trying to front run these son of guns. Um, I'm definitely not trading my Bitcoin for a Tesla. Maybe in 10 years, I'll think about it. But right now, no way. I'm going to take my uh, hand-me-down uh, truck. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I used to say back in the day that in 2021, I would uh, uh, buy my uh, dearly departed, my, my father was alive then, uh, I would buy my father a Tesla in 2021. And it's so weird that in 2021, now Tesla has, is accepting Bitcoin. But uh, anyway, it's, it's weird how that all that that, that worked out. Uh, what, what's your take on the, the and by the way, this destroys the FUD from the trolls out there. The trolls will still say it. Nobody accepts Bitcoin as uh, for anything. I mean, come on now. I mean, first of all, Ken Bozak's been freaking living off of Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency for years now. I, I drive out of my way to certain stores that I know accept it. You know, it's just, that's how we roll, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's so many, it's not a real currency because people don't accept it as a means of exchange. I mean, come on. They are right there. So, uh, Phil... Uh, what, what's your take? I mean, it, it, it's great that they're going to, they're not turning it into fiat, obviously leading by example, but uh, take it away, Phil. Yeah. So Tesla, the company has, or I guess Elon Musk and really the, the board of advisors has recognized that Bitcoin is such a valuable currency that first of all, they're going to move portion of their treasury into Bitcoin, but their other strategy to uh, obtain as much Bitcoin as possible is by just selling cars for Bitcoin. Um, so it's very cool to see vendors that um, recognize that Bitcoin is extremely valuable and we're, are going to start selling their goods and services for Bitcoin. The issue that they're going to run into is that, uh, just like Joe said, Bitcoiners typically don't want to spend their Bitcoin. They want to earn Bitcoin. So any, any Bitcoiner today that is earning income that might be in fiat denominated dollars, they are U.S. dollars. Um, they'll, they'll be using those U.S. dollars to um, purchase Bitcoin on their own. Uh, luckily, we have services like Strike out there, which allow you to spend someone else's Bitcoin. Um, that, I think, is going to be a really interesting use case for uh, merchants who want to accept Bitcoin and also people who want to support that without you know, spending their own Bitcoin. You can use Strike. You can 
uh, you know, scan a QR code, link your US dollar bank account and, and uh, send the merchant Bitcoin that way. So yeah, very cool to see different levels of adoption. I still think Gresham and Thier's law still apply in Bitcoin. It still makes more sense to hold it for years rather than to use it to buy a Tesla. Uh, but love to see that that Tesla recognizes that, um, you know, Bitcoin is the, the new reserve currency. Tesla's going to do great off of this. The rich get richer. They'll hold on to it. I mean, uh, it, 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 good for them. So let's, uh, we're going to move on to, uh, well, first of all, oh, I, yeah, I got a question for Phil real quick. Yes. One question. I'm just curious, Phil, do you, is this like, I don't know, right? So I'm just asking you maybe, is this like a level 9,000 IQ on how to acquire Bitcoin as a company to not buy it, but basically be given it? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's what everybody here is doing. We're trying to find ways to earn Bitcoin. But I mean, well like from a, like a corporate uh, uh, um, acquiring way, is it like a different taxability or a different way of like having the claim capital gains as a business? Because he bought, you know, uh, 1.5 billion worth, but now he's probably going to get much more than that given to him. I'm just curious, what would the difference be if he earned 1.5 versus what he bought with the 1.5 and how that might be seen as an investment rather than a purchase or, or gift or yeah, that's a that's a great question, and that's something that uh, I think Tesla will have to figure out. I think for that's for what right I said. Now, I think they're thinking big brain, and I can't figure mm -hmm. out what they're up to with it. Yeah, yeah not, not sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the dollar cost averaging via sales. There you go. Thank you. That's yeah. That's an easier way to put that would it. Be, that would be te Tesla cost averaging. <laughs> Tesla right? cost yeah. averaging. Dude, they got they they have to have good accountants over there. I'm sure they'll they'll, they'll, they'll figure out some way of making that's it uh, even, even better. Averaging. All right. I want to thank Hastings Insurance Solutions sent me $5. That, that's the, the guy's name. He sent me $5 on the show I recently did with Vivek. I was on the Vivek podcast. It's linked to below. It's on my channel. Um, there have been all sorts of interviews of me lately that have been on this channel that originated on other channels. I love being interviewed by other people. You get a different feel. It's, it's a different vibe. I, I They're good stuff. It's linked to everyone. It's just the point is disruptmeister.com. Link to below. Follow me on Twitter at TechBalt. And thank you for the five bucks. Hastings, you, 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 you did it in the video that wasn't live. And I just wanted to say thank you. And you said, buy the dip. Cheers to living. Yes, cheers to living. Golden age of the 2020s. I'm, I'm happy to be alive for this thing. All right, so let's go. Uh, FTX set to secure naming rights to the Miami uh, arena, some some uh, the basketball arena in, in beautiful Miami until the year 2040. They're going to pay $135 million over 19 years <laughs> to have the arena called whatever. It's going to be called the FTX arena. I don't know what they're going to call it. Hey, that's, that's for me, this was a big story because uh, a lot of normies are going to like, they, they pay attention to the NBA and they, they usually catch the name of the arena, you know, American Airlines arena. That's what it's currently called there. And now it's going to be called FTX. Now, you know, we've kind of been through this before during the dot-com era, uh, you know, like in 2000 stuff, there was a company called PSINet. And I know this because I'm from Baltimore and PSINet, a company that does not exist anymore, but is, had a huge valuation because of the whole stock market bubble in, in the year 2000 and all the dot-com stuff. It, it bought the naming rights of the, the Baltimore football stadium. And eventually they, they had to give it up because the company went bankrupt. So, I mean, it's not... It, it, they're not guaranteed. FTX is not guaranteed success for ever and ever because of this. But I think it's in terms of marketing, it's it's very interesting. It's a new step for uh, 
crypto-related companies. So uh, I guess, uh, Phil, what, what was your take on this? Yeah, I don't have too too many thoughts on this. I mean, I think I think it's cool that their company's doing well, that they're starting to sponsor uh, different sports, you know, buy a sports stadium or sponsor a sports stadium. Um, it's it's you know more just Bitcoin is becoming more and more mainstream in a lot of different ways. Like when you're watching sports on TV today, who are all the sponsors? Right, it's banks, insurance companies, uh, you know, car manufacturers, stuff like that. It's all these mega corporations, and the fact that now Bitcoin companies are showing up and starting to sponsor things, it's like, hey guys. Bitcoiners are here. We're going to be on all the buildings around your city. Uh, you know, embrace us. <laughs> and I, I, on, on a personal note, uh, I, I spent a lot of time in Miami just for the most of this year. Uh, and now I'm back here for a little bit and I'll be back in Miami for the event. And I'm just so it's such an entrepreneurial environment. Clearly, a lot of uh, crypto related people are down there and the mayor is awesome. But what do you think, Phil? Is it Austin or Miami, man? You're, <laughs> you're in Austin. So Austin versus Miami. What's your what's your wow. Yeah, that's a that's a tough call. Uh, I'm going to have to say Austin, hands down, uh, simply because we have a, a few things. First of all, the best barbecue. We have uh, cowboy boots and cowboy hats here. We host the Austin Bitcoin Developers Meetup at Unchained Capital Office every month. Uh, you guys should come out. April 15th is the next one. Um, and we, we're growing a community of extremely uh, talented Bitcoiners here. But, in, but yeah. I mean, the, the overall vibe, though, who... Where will the Bitcoiners be flocking to? Big, uh, Austin or Miami? Are, are, are you just got to stick loyal to Austin here. I think that the Bitcoiners are going to be flocking to citadels that they have, like out in the ocean or like little island castles uh, somewhere. Um, you know, yacht, in yachts, areas. bro. Just yachts, undocked yachts. Undocked yachts. <laughs> uh, right, so we'll, we'll, we'll see about it. Ken, what, what's your, do you care that this arena, I mean, there's a lot of money FTX is going to spend. Well, I mean, uh, we, to me, this is funny because it's like I like history kind of like, you know, I watch documentaries for fun when I get high. You know, it's not like just cartoons in my life. And, you know, it's it's cool to go back and watch a little bit of, you know, how exactly this been played out before. We've seen uh, the the landline companies that provided, you know, landline phone services. They had their names on stadiums left and right. Not one of them left because the internet providers now have the names on all of those same stadiums that the landline providers used to sponsor. And the banks like Wells Fargo or whatever that have these stadiums are probably seeing right now the future of that happening to them where Wells Fargo Center will probably become Coinbase Center. Uh, you know, and the, uh, the PNC Spectrum will probably be called Kraken Spectrum. That's the, where we're headed. This is it. You're witnessing history repeating itself identically to what happened in a very similar fashion. These are one of those like telltale signs that kind of pop up when um, paradigm shifts are starting to occur. So this is like one of those like glitches in the matrix when the black cat walks by Neo twice and you're driving by a stadium and you're like, wait, the, is that a crypto exchange? Thing? Like That's that glitches are happening and it's snapping into our version of reality now where we're going to start seeing coinbase stadium and gemini you know spectrums and all that stuff like i, I like that coinbase coinbase not that we, we'll talk about that another week they're, they're one day closer to becoming going public in april they're going to go public but yeah they, they probably will be right now in baltimore the football stadium by the way is called mnt bank stadium uh i, I do want to bring it back uh, to, real quick historical note uh for all, all the real young people out there uh, back in the old days, the stadiums were, they didn't have corporate names. It, in Baltimore, it was Memorial Stadium. 
after the guys who died for this country. And at the bottom, it said, time will not dim the glory of their deeds. And you can, has time to dim the glory of their deeds? Now it's all these corporate states. Anyway, uh, let, let, let's, uh, let, 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 let's go to Joe here. What's your take on FTX? All right. So I, I do know this. I read into the story a little bit. I think it's awesome, number one. Um, but this isn't the first time a uh, Bitcoin related companies got involved in sports world. I know like over in English Premier League, sportsbet.io, which is notorious for Bitcoin gambling, um, famously have put the Bitcoin logo on English Premier League jersey, which is arguably one of the largest sporting leagues on the planet. Uh, but regarding FTX, which is pretty neat about Miami, uh, it, the sports team does not actually negotiate this contract. It's actually the city of Miami. Oh. So, I mean, I think this is one of Suarez's kind of like boss moves, kind of positioning the city as being crypto forward. And uh, I mean, like he's putting it all out there. So I think this is exciting. Um, I think that the Miami Citadel is something I like to visit, but I'd rather live in Austin. That's my two cents on Citadel theory. Uh, okay. All right. Real quick about Miami or, the three, any of well, of course, Joe, of course, is going to be at the Bitcoin Magazine uh, event in Miami in uh, on June fourth and fifth. I, I, I assume. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ken, are you going to be there? Yeah, they invited me out. I'll be there. I'm coming in with uh, Bitboy and his gang, so all right, it'll be fun. Uh, interesting, interesting crew that Bitcoin, right, Bitcoin right. guy. Yeah, so, yeah. It's going to be a yin and yang scenario when we yeah, walk yeah, in. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and very interesting. Uh, very eighty percent of there. So, uh, let let uh, Phil, are you going to be at the event? Yeah, Unchained Capital is actually one of the sponsors of the event, so we're going to have a large team there. Yeah, we're going to have a booth. You can come this say is so hi. awesome. We're all yeah. going to be there. We're all all these people up at my show. We're going to all meet. Now I've met Ken in person before, so that that's cool. But I, I can't wait to to hug all of you and, and touch all of you because you know that's illegal to do. Like here in Baltimore, I don't think you're allowed to hug no. anyone anymore or something. But it'll be it will be because I've already been in Miami. I was at a, an event there in January, and Tone Vase was there. We were hugging people. It was so no one was wearing diapers on their faces or anything. It was awesome. It was so I can't I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll be uh, in Miami next month for the NFT Expo. Yeah, yeah, in? there. Good, good. Yeah, there. There's actually. Yeah, is that Juan Galt is having some event? Is that Juan? Galt yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, April 21st to 22nd and the 23rd. But I'm flying into uh, Miami for 420. If anybody wants to hang out and pregame. Uh, all right. So let's. You're bringing up now. Is it? We've gotten to the NFT part of the show here. Okay. So since you're, they're going to do NFTs at the, now again at the Bitcoin Magazine event, there will be no NFT. No, 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 no. That, that's not happening. But at, at this other event in Miami, okay, you're free to do what you want to do, and and, and with uh, with uh, Juan Gaunt and everything, awesome. Now, what 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 I've been seeing in the mainstream crypto media, it is insane here. Every day I check these things, they got three clickbait articles on NFTs. Who's making $69 million? Who's doing this? How you become super wealthy? It is reminding me of ICO 2.0. Uh, I mean, well, of ICO, so thus ICO. I mean, it's, it's, it's craziness. Some of this stuff is crazy. Now, Ken, you've been talking about NFTs since before anyone. And so I give you credit for that. You, 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 you've, you who knows? You, have you done well? Have you off of them? I, I don't even, I, I, we'll see. But can you, at the beginning of the show, you were not very pro Bitcoin. You were, had some frustrations with it. Um, you're talking about collectibles. So give, tell us what NFTs are to you. Tell us what straight They're up. They're toys. I just like toys, man. I'm a, I like collect. I've always been like that. You know, uh, I still have Pokemon cards from when I was a kid, magic cards, you know, it's just, 
just fun, you know, and the, the investors coming in and speculating, it's kind of ruining all the fun I've had for years, you know, it's like, yeah, all my NFTs have gone up in value, but now all the ones I wanted to buy have too. And it's like, well, that sucks. You know, I wasn't buying them because they were expensive or I thought they'd get expensive. I was just buying art from Josie. I was buying art from, you know, Lucho. I was buying art from Vesa just because I like art. And now all of a sudden I have to worry about somebody smacking into a piece of art on my wall because it's like worth a hundred grand. It's like, that's a, I don't like burdened responsibility like that. You know, it's like, I just liked it because it was cute. And now these guys are coming in and, you know, saying, oh, NFTs, you know, $69 million beeples. And I mean, that's fun and all, but yeah, you're right. I, I was at NFT NYC in New York city last year. And I remember on stage, I was telling them, you're going to be seeing the dawn of NFT ICOs. You know, uh, and, and this was over a year ago in New York. I was telling people that this was going to happen and watching it kind of unfold. I feel like, Dan, did I give people ideas? Like what the, <laughs> you know, but that's what they're doing. They're basically, you know, it's happening with everything. Um, people are do using this right now, in my opinion, probably is the most, the best use case for money laundering. Like NFTs are better for money laundering than privacy coins. You know, it's just, it's great. You know, if you sell a bunch of illegal stuff for Bitcoin on the deep web, how do you buy a Lamborghini with it? Well, you sell an NFT, you buy it from yourself. And then you go tell somebody, somebody bought an NFT from you, pay your capital gains, and now you have clean money. That's what we're seeing happen now in the tens of millions of dollars. That's all. Uh, it, it's wash trading, it's market manipulation. And I wouldn't tell anybody to buy any NFT right now if they think it's going to make them more money in the future. You better be buying it because you like it. It's cute. It's a Charizard card in the 90s. It's not worth 100 grand. It, it wasn't supposed to be. But now Charizard can get you a Lambo. So just buy the things you like and you'll never be at a loss. So have we entered a new territory here where young people and, and, and actually much younger than you even, do they believe, like there's a lot of people that rip on NFTs, but they say it's not, it's not real. It's, it's not physical. How can art, have we, have we had a paradigm shift, shift in, in, in terms of modern art uh, here? Is this, is this going to continue into the future? NFTs are, this is, uh, do we, do the old people out there have to have a, 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 a check of their brains here and just be like, learn that this is art this is new this no, is no they'll die out before then all the old people will be dead the millennials will rule the world and it will be common practice common sense just inherently in nature technological use case you hand a five-year-old an ipad it takes them two days to figure out twitter better than an 80 year old if you gave them a year um so yeah i think you know by the time that matters you know they'll be aged out won't be here they don't we don't need the on-ramp grandma into bitcoin i've been telling everybody stop on-ramping grandma because it's a waste of grandma's time you know uh help the grandkids get on-ramped into bitcoin though the great grandkids get them into bitcoin um but yeah for nfts to me it's social currency you know if, if you had an nft adam i'm just going to buy one the same way i sent you a 17 dollars super chat except all you let me get for that 17 bucks was a paypal receipt and now I can collect my PayPal receipts or you could be cool and just say, hey, Ken, go to Teespring. I have a $17 T-shirt. Now I can buy a T-shirt and you get your 17 bucks. Well, I have a ton of T-shirts. I don't need any more. Oh, well, here's a sticker. You can have an NFT. Here's 17 bucks. I have it's gamified GoFundMe Patreon super chatting is the way I look at it. And that's how I use it. I just use it as a way for people if they want to send me a $5 super chat. Just go buy a $5 NFT. It's the same damn thing, except you have a way cooler receipt. Uh, it's the, you know, the speculation that people are getting involved where they're like, oh, I'm going to be the next Beeple. 
you know, and that's, it's hard to say what's, what are you actually worth? You know, like you, you, you're, you're being speculated on by your own community instead of people just saying, here's a dollar. Oh, thanks for this NFT receipt. All right. You, you pretty good take there on NFTs. Uh, yeah, you, 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 ground, very grounded take on it. Uh, I, I must say, I don't know if everyone was expecting that. Uh, let, let's uh, go to Phil on NFTs. Well, NFTs don't really have anything to do with Bitcoin, so I don't have too much color to say coins. about them. Color coins. Yeah, color coins also don't have anything to do with Bitcoin. It was a it was an experiment that people tried and failed way back in the day mm -hmm. because it But you gotta give Bitcoin its credit though. So Bitcoin what I'm in Bitcoin it. hey Ken. What I'm here in Bitcoin to do is Yo, foundational. Dude, have a conversation, bro. You know what I mean? I let Phil talk and then can you go? Okay, just keep us in the middle. What I'm, what I'm doing here in Bitcoin is uh, trying to foundationally reset the entire global economy onto a sound money standard. And the innovation that Bitcoin achieved was the first thing that became both digital and scarce. Now, historically and post Bitcoin, what we've been proven time and time again is that things that are digital are not scarce. Uh, you can create infinite copies of Bitcoin. You can create infinite copies of other cryptocurrencies. The only thing that is digital and scarce is Bitcoin itself. There are 21 million Bitcoin. Transactions are broadcast by signatures from private keys. Uh, and that's it. So the NFTs, they're a, they're a toy. I think it's kind of a symptom of a dying fiat currency. And uh, I will never speculate in them because I'm, I don't view cryptocurrency as some kind of cheap collectible thing. I, I view Bitcoin as foundationally resetting the global economy. All right. Ken, you just sent 420 to me. Thank you. So you, you get another shot. What did you want to ask Bill there? You want you want to say something to him? Ken. I think he dropped. Oh, man. He, oh, come on. <laughs> so, something happened. All right. Well, we'll go to uh, Joe. What, what, what's your take? I, I agree with Phil on, you know, the speculation to get rich quick, it's a symptom of, you know, this fiat mindset and uh, people could just, you know, buy and hodl and, and they will get rich. Uh, I do think that NFTs, they like screw with my brain really hard, Adam, because I feel like everything's being materialized and art and collectibles and things like that. This fun stuff will probably happen and it will be inevitable. I'm not super interested in it. Um, I think it's neat. And I think it's probably going to continue to like flourish and it's going to continue to advance. And I think it will eventually come to some kind of side chain on Bitcoin. Um, so I'm not super like passionate about it. I'm not investing in it. I'm not a customer. Some people are, but I definitely would not advise anyone to get rich quick with this. Um, but I, I think it's neat. And I think what artists are doing and creating on them is something to keep an eye on, but it's I, I'm with Phil. I am in the trenches with him. Let's overthrow the central banking overlords with the most sound money mankind's ever known. Let's keep building. Let's build as many on ramps as possible. And let's keep hardening this protocol. That's what really excites me. All right. Well, hey, I see in the chat the great Vention is here. Oh, it's so great to see you, Vention. I just wanted to give you a special shout out. I actually left a comment on your video where you were a little bit worried that you lost some Bitcoin. And uh, through an old paper wallet, I, I, I want you to read the comment I left there because I think it might be, give you a solution. Uh, by the way, what I just said has nothing to do with this weekend Bitcoin show. But I, I, you know, I see someone in the chat. I wanted to say hi and just and just give him a message. And we all love Vention. He's uh, he's he's doing his thing over there in Washington. All right, let's go to uh, 
Phil here with jobs and, and being in motion. Uh, you've uh, BlockFi, well, not BlockFi, excuse me. Uh, your, your company over there, Unchained Capital, you work for Unchained Capital in, in Austin, and they are hiring people. I linked you below their careers page. It's not just technical people, you know, business side of people. You, you hired that Justine, okay, who's been on my show before. You got a lovely picture of her there too. She looks freaking hot in that picture. I, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. There's nothing wrong with that. We're men. All right. So what is up with Unchained Capital and and hiring uh, and hiring here? I mean, you, it, it's awesome. I mean, there's all these people that try to say they're that we're poor. If people are poor, there's no jobs out there. This is the golden age. So take it away with what Unchained Capital is doing. Sure. Yeah, we're we're hiring a significant number of people. So we just closed a seed round led by Nidig. So um, what we're building is a Bitcoin native uh, financial services provider, uh, a Bitcoin native bank, if you will. But as a company, we never actually take control of client funds. We hold one key in a multi-signature quorum of three keys. So it helps to decentralize and grow a robust and uh, you know Bitcoin economy where no uh, no company or individual is a single point of failure. Um, so if you're interested in building these kind of Bitcoin native financial services with us, yeah, we have a variety of different jobs. So Justine just joined us on our concierge onboarding team. She's been holding and managing her own private keys for many years. Uh, and so now she's going to leverage her experience to help educate newcomers into holding their own private keys and taking control. Uh, we also just hired a new uh, a new guy, Cam Strom, on our uh, business development team. He came over from Oracle. What I love doing is uh, hiring folks from these large kind of legacy companies uh, into this new Bitcoin uh, native economy. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're looking for engineers. We're looking for um, more kind of uh, general roles. Uh, it's all on our website. So definitely check us out if you're interested in helping out. All right. In motion, dudes over there. I, I love it. I love it. And hey, there, there's a, a plus for Austin. There's a company uh, hiring over there. Okay, let's, uh, Joe, What I mean, we're, we're here at the end of the show now. Uh, yeah. Do you have any closing statements, anything you want to promote, a anything that we left off? The floor is yeah. yours. Thank you for having us. Um, I, I'm Bitcoin only. I care about Bitcoin almost more than anything, except for my wife and kiddos. And um, I do want to shield Bitcoin 2021. Like we said earlier, it's going to be June 4th and 5th. Uh, go to b.tc slash conference and you can pick up a ticket. They're $3.99 right now for general admission. They're going to go up um, to $4.99 next Friday. Use promo code Toshi for 10% off and be sure to get an after party ticket because it's going to be a banger. Trust me. And uh, I can't wait to get to Miami. Adam, I will throw a big hug on you. Phil, I'll give you a hug too, man. I'm okay with some hugging. And uh, I'm ready to have a lot of fun. I think it's going to be the biggest most badass Bitcoin conference ever. I think it's going to be legendary. I think there's going to be some incredible content come out of this that can, will probably shape narrative for at least the next 24 months, if not longer. I really have to agree with you on that 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 final point there, that it is going to be the best one of all time because we've lived through a, quite a, a, a year, uh, uh, now over a year of insanity where many people have been scared to go to real life events, but already Miami has if you've been in Miami like I have, you know that most people are over this insanity. Unfortunately, when you go to a place like Baltimore, you see most people are still into this insanity. So there'll be people coming from all over the country. Many of them are, used, are, are like in a trance and they will break out of the trance and, and touch people again. And they'll just be so excited. And it's, 
It's the and Miami's the perfect place to have this at. So it's going to be a convergence of all sorts of awesome positive energy. And I, I, again, it seems like everybody on my show is going to freaking be there. So uh, I, I am uh, clearly clearly pumped. Okay, uh, well, Phil, we'll let you have the uh, fi final word here. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, that's that's really it. Thanks so much again for having me on, Adam, and for all your your viewers. Ignore NFTs, buy Bitcoin. Strong hands. You measure your net worth in Bitcoin, yeah. and uh, stay laser focused on this, guys. It's going to make you wealthy, and it's going to change the world for the positive. That value your wealth in Bitcoin, indeed. I, like, I, I, when you going back to NFTs real quick, it's just like the, the why is it just in our. I, I, why is the mainstream crypto media just jumping on this thing? That's why I bring it up because it's just, I just want to clarify what it exactly is. I think Ken actually kind of said what it is. It's a toy. It, it is a toy, but uh, it, it's, it's really uh, frothy and bubbly. And you have to, you have to do some serious mental gymnastics to value NFTs because NFTs are pictures of art. They're digital pictures of art and they mean nothing you have to trust that the artists put them on there they don't solve any problem in the world they don't solve the like you know yeah transferring art problem they don't start like solve the the issue of ownership ownership or who created it uh you're still just trusting whoever is entering that data onto a blockchain and then there's some sort of private key so they're they're frothy you're right like people are speculating tons of money it's this cycle's ico craze which we're going to forget about them again in three years and then some new marketing term is going to pop up it's the cycles um the the, the, the long-term play here is hold bitcoin secure your private keys keys and earn bitcoin as as many different ways as you can i mean i think these publications they they have a policy of diversification for the sake of diversification they just can't talk about bitcoin and they they, they i mean I, that's all I talk about, but uh, they, they got it. They get into these wild clickbaits and, and it works. There's all these newbies. They, they're just tempted when they see $69 million and, 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 and fancy pictures. I, I, I don't know. It's a toy. Big numbers, guys. Man. Yeah. The big it's, numbers it's, are make people go crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so we, we, we've gotten that out of the way. Uh, so thank you everybody for, for being on today, my guests, and thank you everybody that's there. As everyone knows, Passover starts tomorrow night. That's why I'm back in Baltimore. And there's a little bit of a tradition on this show. I always say Shabbat Shalom at the end of this week in Bitcoin because I want everybody to have a great Shabbat, which, which starts tonight. But this is even more special. At, at Passover, I say this, because we're at the conclusion of the show, and this is how we conclude the Passover Seder here. I'm going to read you. Ended is the Passover Seder, according to custom, statue, and law. As we were worthy to celebrate this year, so may we perform in future in future years. O pure one in heaven above, restore the congregation of Israel in your love. Speedily lead your redeemed people to Zion in joy next year in Jerusalem. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. Have a great Passover, everyone. Strong hand. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. L'chaim. L'chaim. Woo! All right. That is...